Hello and welcome to Culture in Between, a podcast all about exploring the unique experiences of people who grew up in a culture outside of their parents' culture. We're your hosts, Alyssa and Brianna, and in today's episode, we have Becca, who grew up in the Philippines with American missionary parents. Welcome to the show, Becca. It's great to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. Thank you. Yes, we are very excited to talk to you because um, this is definitely different from pretty much all of the guests that we have planned for the podcast, at least for this season. Um, so can we start by having you tell us where exactly in the U.S. your parents are from and then where you all lived in the Philippines? Okay, well, my dad, um, he was born in a tiny, tiny town in Tennessee, like his parents owned a farm. His dad wasn't a good farmer, but he, uh, so he worked at like a local factory and he's the only one who went to college in his family and he had a passion for missions. So he got a master's in theology and then he became a pastor in Montana and met my mom. It was just really random. My mom was a speech therapist. She grew up all over. My grandpa was a pastor, um, but she grew up mostly in like the West Coast, like Seattle area. Um, and then I grew up in the Philippines in the northern island of Luzon. We moved a lot. My parents were like Mr. and Mrs. Flexible <laughs> of the missionaries. So they just kind of okay. went where they were told. But we were always in that one area, which is like the northern. It's a big island. And can you tell us a little bit about like the missionary, like uh, what maybe organization they were with or like, yeah, what was their purpose uh, going to the Philippines? Um, they were with the Southern Baptist. Um, they have very strong belief that... Um, that Jesus is a savior and they wanted to share Jesus with others. Um, and they weren't there to change culture. They were there to just mm -hmm. teach Bible. That was their goal. Yeah. Just, so just like assimilate with them. And yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. We were expect uh, like we weren't expected. My parents had the goal of like living like the people as much as possible and just sharing Jesus with them that way. That's awesome. Well, that that's really fascinating. So can you tell us how many years did you live in the Philippines? So I was born there, and when I was 19, I went to college. So I lived there pretty much that whole time, except when we'd come to the States for what we called stateside assignment. So a total of 16 out of 19 years um, of my formative years, I lived in the Philippines. And did you go to school with other Filipino kids or did you go to international schools? What was your school experience like? So I had a very mixed experience. Um, I went to like, like in preschool, I went to like a little local church and then we, we would come back to the States for like a year here and there. So like first grade, sixth grade, half of 10th grade, I went to public school in the States. And then my parents did put me in a private like school in the Philippines but it was terrible. It just did not work. Um, I was like a freak. I don't know how else to word it. Like they had not seen white people ever. And literally they would, all the kids would touch me and would not like listen to the teacher. And like, I couldn't move. It was like a very, it was just horrible. So then my mom started homeschooling us. Plus when they teach English, like whatever the grammar rules are for their language, they teach it. They, they use it for English. So it's not yeah. the right grammar. Yeah. So it's just not, it didn't work. So my mom ended up homeschooling us. And then in high school, I went to a boarding school for, which was an international school. You kind of been a lot of different experiences. Uh, it sounds like you have siblings. Can you uh, maybe list like how many siblings you have? And, and um, were they also born in the Philippines or were some born in the States? So my brother was born in Texas. He was a year old when he went okay. to the Philippines and my sister was also born in the Philippines and I'm in the middle. So okay. there's three of us. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that was really interesting that you talked about how you were kind of felt like a freak in school <laughs> because that was going to be like my next question is just 
How were you and I guess your family as well received in the Philippines? Like, I mean, were people used to seeing American missionaries or was it still kind of a novelty? Like, how were you treated, I guess, as as people who obviously weren't Filipino, but entrenched in the culture like that? We were definitely interesting. And also <laughs> the Philippines, it was um, during World War II when the Japanese took over, the United States went back and freed them basically. And so they have a deep respect for Americans. Like Americans are considered like good to them. Like they freed us. They were a colony. So, you know, that's a whole other thing. But like they have, they just love Americans in general. They think we have a lot of money. So then poor people are like, hey, give us money all the time, which we want to help people, but you can only do what you have the ability to do, of course. So that makes it difficult. Um, yeah, so so you mentioned that you came back to the U.S. here and there during your time in the Philippines. Uh, so can you tell us what that experience was like coming back to the U.S. after living in the Philippines for a time um, and kind of going back and forth like that? When you were in the U.S., did you have like reverse culture shock? Were you having to get used to the culture here? What was that like? Oh, it was definitely like a culture shock. Like I remember walking to Walmart and being like, holy cow, this is like the biggest story I've ever seen. <laughs> like we had a market, you know, an open market with like fish swimming, like essentially from the local like beach. Like that's what I grew up with. And that was just, it was a lot. It was very awkward because people expect you because you, t- I, I spoke English like my parents. So I had an American accent. And I look like an American because I am American, but inside I don't feel like culturally, like they're just little things that I do that are not American, but it's hard to explain because I don't realize I'm doing it because they're subconscious. Um, My grandma was like German and she was very like strict. So mom would have us like for six months before we weren't allowed to like eat with our hands. We had to use like silverware. It sounds like silly stuff, but like she would make us like train us because otherwise my grandma would be like, what are you training? You know, what are you teaching your kids over there? But normally when parents are chill, they're like, yeah, let's do it like the people. It's all good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your relatives, you know, the, you know, they live in the state, so they probably getting accustomed to you, like yeah, having things that you picked up in the Philippines. So that, that's really interesting. You told us where you lived, but like, can you tell us a little bit about, um, did you move around within the Philippines or? um, We did move around. We always lived not in the city. We always lived what we call in the barangay, like in the very like rural areas. Um, We didn't have like a phone line till like 1996. There was no phone line going through the town. Like when my parents went to the Philippines in say 1984, I believe is when they went. They decided to move into a house in a Filipino, like they just rented a room in a house and they had to learn how to cook on a wood stove. It was like learned by fire, literally, because there was no telephone. There was no way to contact anyone. Um, my mom said it was the hardest thing she ever did, but she's they were the only missionaries brave enough to do it in, in our mission. So that's how my parents raised us. So we had the we had a nice house compared to the locals, but we had a very basic furniture and like we just we just kind of assimilated that way. That's awesome. That's such a yeah. unique experience. Like, I feel like that's so cool that they really wanted to engulf themselves and their children um, in the culture. Did you end up picking up the language? Tagalog, right? Is that how? Yes. Okay. Um, I spoke it. I, I still speak it fluently. Oh, I'm that's a little awesome. rusty. <laughs> I haven't spoken <laughs> a lot. But once I get like 30 minutes into a conversation, I'm, I'm good to go. I, when I was uh, little, we lived in a different place and I, lived, I spoke another language called Il- Ilocano. So I was like trilingual, um, but when we moved wow. to another place, I, I lost it because kids gain and lose things mm-hmm. easily. Um, and that also like 
put me behind, I guess, with schooling because I couldn't, when we came to the States in first grade, I was, my English wasn't that good. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. So do they have multiple, like, like different uh, dialects and stuff they throughout? They have, the like, field? over a thousand. Wow, really? I did not know that. Because Tagalog is the only one I'm familiar with. I have a best friend who's Filipino, so I know of that one, but I guess that's probably the main That is language. the national okay. language, yep. Okay, but then there's little pockets. Okay, yeah. I was not aware of that. And variations of each language. There's all kinds of stuff. I don't even know all of them for sure. But Tagalog was almost probably your, maybe the first language you learned. I don't know. I guess you, you spoke it probably as good as you did English or maybe even. I think better. it was. It just happened simultaneously. Yeah. Like my parents spoke to us in English, but then everybody else spoke to us in Tagalog. Um, when I was born, I think they spoke Ilocano there. But yeah, it was it was just all simultaneous at the same time. Okay, can you tell us, like, kind of walk us through your elementary school experience, middle school experience, high school experience? I know you were, like, homeschooled for part of that, but can you kind of tell us what, what it was like growing up there as of school age, like, in your school experience, and how it differs from, like, a typical American ex- school experience? Well, my curriculum, our curriculum came from the States. So as oh. far as like academics, I feel like we, I probably had a very similar experience to a lot of homeschooled kids in the U.S. because they use the same curriculum. I was actually a really good kid, not to brag, but <laughs> <laughs> mom would wake me up at like seven. She would give me like my assignments and I would just do them. And then when I got done, I would go and play with the, you know, the local, mm-hmm. the local kids that I would play with. My brother and sister were another story, but, uh. <laughs> but that's how I did homeschooling. And then Public schools in the U.S. is just like it would be here. Um, high school is a little rough. It was like a really ghetto school. It was a shock <laughs> to the system. <laughs> there was like a daycare for the students in the school. Like I was like, I don't oh, know where wow. I come from. Okay. Like, oh <laughs> to come from a very conservative, like rural area. Okay. It was a little shocking. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like, okay, so you grew up kind of in a more rural, like most of the places, even though you you traveled around quite a bit, you grew up mostly in rural areas. And, and did your siblings assimilate as much as you did you think or did they or, they, or I don't know I guess maybe you can't speak for them but how did you observe oh that? we were all the same I feel like okay. uh, we all have different personalities in how we deal with things my sister is a learning disability so I feel like her language goals weren't as good as mine um that's about it <laughs> cool, cool. yeah so how was it coming back to the U.S. in a more permanent uh, fashion after living in the Philippines, growing up in the Philippines, was there ever any talk of maybe staying in the Philippines or, or moving elsewhere? How did you decide to, to move back to the U.S. and to, to stay here permanently? And just what was that like? I think it was always the expectation. I was born in the Philippines, but in the Philippines, the law is that um, if your parents are American, you're automatically American. So I didn't have the citizenship to work in the Philippines legally. So I guess my thought was always that that's how we were raised. There's not really options there. Um, but when I did come to the U.S., it was a big adjustment because I did feel inside very different than people around me. And like, I remember kids would be talking and telling their stories and my stories would always start with in the Philippines (laughs) and because I literally have nowhere else to talk about and I'm a talker. So I had to join (laughs) in the conversation. And after a while, people got annoyed with me because they felt like I was trying to show off that I was different. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to show off. That's just literally all I had to go by. Um, But one experience that I had that really made a big difference defining in my life is when I was in high school, I went to the States in sixth grade, 
And it was really hard. I was bullied a lot. I was just very different. My parents didn't really dress me cool. I didn't really yeah. know it was cool. Oh. Like, it was just bad. And then in ten, and then we left. And I finally, at the end of that year, I made friends. And then we left again. Yeah. Yeah. So then in 10th grade, we were only going to be in the States for six months. And so I vowed not to make a single friend because mm. I didn't want to deal with the hurt of, you know, moving again and losing mm. that friend. So during that year, I was kind of depressed because I'm an extrovert, did not work out for me. And so when I went back to the Philippines, I went to my boarding school and there I had lots of friends. So I remember in college, I vowed that I would never let myself do that again. And I kind of vowed that like, if someone invites me, I'm going to go because you just don't know unless you experience it, which sounds really dangerous. (laughs) I may have not made all the best decisions in college, but I felt like unless you go and put yourself out there when you're alone, you're not going to make friends. You're not going to make the best of the situation. If nothing else, learn from those people and that experience that you had. So I'm very passionate about doing that and living fully yeah, that way. That makes sense. That could be, I can see how that'd be difficult. And like, I mean, even I'm sure just like culturally, there are probably things that like music and things, I don't know how you know how much you were keeping up with that kind of no, stuff. Was that, not. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, <laughs> things all. that would have maybe been popular in the States, like when you come over, because I think you said you come over every, was it every four years or so you come over for? It was four and then in between there was three. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, Britney Spears, whoever, I'm trying to think, you know, was popular at the time. Like, I I don't know if you, like, are you listening to all the music? So, like, if kids are saying whatever slang or whatever is cool at the time, like, you're probably not up to date on that. So that probably was hard too, right? Because I I feel that now is like, a person without children and trying to keep track of what the cool, <laughs> what, what the words are now. So I'm, I'm just well, kind of a, <laughs> relating it to, to that. So, um, yeah. Oh, for sure. It was really hard to connect with people when you yeah. don't know, like people are in, cause you're not really interested in what people are interested in. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Do you have any like specific stories of times when like someone would make some sort of cultural reference that only like Americans would understand and you just like didn't get it? Oh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I know it happened all the time. It's yeah. probably because I really too didn't many know to, <laughs> what was going no, on. I didn't even remember. It was what too they were painful. Saying. You just blocked yeah, it, you out. it out. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> this is awkward kid in the corner over oh, here oh trying God. to make the best of the situation. Oh. I mean, there are experiences like this one girl I met in college. I'm like, oh, she seems like a nice Christian girl. You know, I came from a conservative environment. So she's like, come to a birthday party with me. I'm like, cool. So we start driving there and I'm like, so what are we going to do? Play board games or something? <laughs> she laughed so hard. There was definitely like drugs and all kinds of stuff at oh, this wow. party. And I was like, I stood on the wall. Like I was oh, like, oh, not oh. what I expected, but I was all in, you know, I had this motto that I was going to enjoy life, whatever. And she knew I was uncomfortable. So she left within like half an hour. We didn't really hang out after that, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> so put like, yourself out there. I yeah. sure did. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was not ready for it at that time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That must have been like, welcome to America. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. People are funny that way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so I guess taking it into kind of the present, looking back on all those experiences and just like, you know, how your life has been kind of divided between these two countries. Do you feel like you don't fully belong in any one culture? And how do you kind of reconcile that feeling? Because that must be a little bit, it must be a little bit disorienting to kind of feel like, okay, I grew up in this place, but I never had citizenship there. And then I'm not, I didn't grow up in this other place, but technically that's where like my whole family is from. And everyone, if you just hear me, you think I'm American. 
what is that like, I guess? Like, do, what do you, do you ever feel like you just don't fully belong in any one culture and, and how do you kind of deal with that? All the time, all the time. <laughs> I feel yeah. that way. Um, you know, I go back and forth. Like I always find people that I connect with and there's always people out there who genuinely enjoy that you're different. And there's always people out there who kind of think you're showing off again. It happens in adulthood. It happened more like, you know, in college days. Um, but I just feel like I just find the people who are okay with who I am and that's how I operate. But sometimes I do feel kind of lonely, like, okay, I don't belong anywhere and this is kind of lonely. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, most of your f- formative years were in the Philippines. So it's such a, I mean, even though you've been living here for a good little while now too, like it's, yeah, you know, that's still made up a lot of, of who you were. And so, you know, uh, Philippines, the third world country, what, what was that like and like how has that shaped I don't know, your appreciation of, you know, living in America in a first world country. Oh, it's made a huge impact. Um, We lived very remote. People were starving. People had dirt floors. People shared a hole in the ground to use the bathroom. You know, these were our neighbors. This is what I saw growing up. And it's hard because you come here and you're like, people are just kind of more superficial, but it's easy to judge people too. You know, that's also like, you have to understand where they're coming from. So I feel like, in the beginning of college, I was kind of like, it was, it was hard. Cause I don't know, there'd be like a party and everyone would be like, I need to buy a new dress. And I'm like, y'all need to buy new dresses all the time. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like people are starving in other countries, but like after a while you realize that it's okay also to enjoy yeah. the things that you have to a certain extent, but also just know what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pro- um, for sure. It probably gives you a better appreciation. Cause I know like when Brianna and I go visit uh, Jamaica and see where my parents grew up and everything. It's always, it's always a bit of a shock. And, and, to, and to like, I always come back to the States being like, wow, like I really appreciate kind of what I grew up in. And I find that like when I'm over there, I don't really need a lot of the things I think I need. Like, uh, um, so yeah, I'm sure that really has probably helped you uh, be able to just, uh, yeah, just appreciate more in life and, and, and not get so bogged down with maybe the consumerism of America and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think it definitely makes me more content with the material yeah. things that I have. Yeah, for sure. And speak, that kind of leads me into my next question because having parents from a third world country in, in Jamaica, our parents often would tell us like, "Oh, you don't need this, and you don't need that, and don't waste this, and don't waste that," which of course was is good. Um, but I'm wondering if if you do that to your kids now, <laughs> like if you. I was thinking that when you were saying that, I was like, "Oh snap." Yes. <laughs> Yeah, how has her upbringing impacted yeah, her? Yeah, how, has, how you raise your how children? How has growing <laughs> yeah. up in the Philippines yeah. affected how you are raising your kids now here in the U.S.? Oh, definitely. Um, so this is just a random story, but during right before Halloween, I took Rosalind to Disney on Ice, and I let her buy like they had Encanto theme, so I let her get a costume for that. And Halloween was like the next month. And my husband's from India; he's born and raised in India, so he also grew up in a well, I guess it's technically second world, mm-hmm. but a poor country. And so she wanted a tiger costume and she'd been talking about this tiger costume, but both of us just kind of were like, no, we already bought you something. Like you use what you got. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so sad, uh-huh. but she kind of was like, okay with it. So she made up her own costume. And then one of the kids made fun of her for it on Halloween, mm. which kind of made me feel bad. Mm. But it's kind of, I also want her to learn to be okay with what she has. So it's a struggle because I want her to be able to choose things that she likes. And and we just live in such an affluent community. Like, yeah, I live in the suburbs and it's very affluent. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But are there any other ways that you've kind of passed down some of 
you know, the Filipino culture that you were raised in to your kids, like in a different way, like maybe just in terms of like foods or um, interests, that kind of thing? Um, I think for me, just I have a passion for being content with material things and just knowing what's important. So that's something I really want to instill in my kids. I don't know if I'm quite there, but we're working <laughs> on it with my four and six year old. So I still got a little time. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I do cook Filipino food. My husband's Indian. I cook Indian food. Um, so I'm sure that hopefully they have a very <laughs> palate yeah, growing up. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of subtle things that I do, but when I get around Filipinos, they'll tell me things that I do that I don't realize I'm doing that oh, are wow. very Filipino. Wow. Unless you're Filipino, you wouldn't realize that. Like mm-hmm. yeah. making sure your kids eat. That's like a very like, you know, they better eat. I'm sure your parents did that to you yeah. <laughs> growing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. important to Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Yes. That's funny. My husband does similar stuff too. Like, don't waste your food. People are starving. Yeah. Like, you're so privileged and you don't like the food. Yeah. If you I'm, aren't going to eat this, then too bad. Like, that's kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. not getting another option. Or, yeah. yeah. No, that's so true. I, I think that there's a certain universality amongst like immigrant parents with that, with the whole, with the food and not wasting it. Like, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a big, th- which I, I fully understand. Like, it, I get it. But yeah, I think that, I think that's like, pretty widespread amongst no matter where your parents come from like <laughs> yeah it's what, like, do, what do you miss the most from living in the philippines you know filipinos they're really great at just loving you for who you are like they're the most accepting culture like if you go to a potluck there'll be all these mixed kids like they just love everybody everybody's welcome when they move to a country they just find the good in that culture And that's one thing my mom always taught me is like every culture has good and things that maybe aren't so good. So take the good and run with it. And the stuff that's not so good in your own culture, like let it go and take on the stuff with the other culture. You don't have to be stuck in one thing. Do what's good in both the cultures. And have you been back to the Philippines since you moved to the U.S.? So when I first uh, went to college when I was 19, my parents were still living in the Philippines. Um, they lived there from, that would have been 2005 until 2014. So what is that? Nine years later, they retired. Um, but when I first went, my dad came for like two months with me. I got my driver's license. Two days later, I drove him to the airport in Atlanta. It wow. was the like, wow. scariest thing I think I've ever <laughs> done. driving in Atlanta is a scary thing. Yeah, that was <laughs> fun. That was fun. And then I moved myself in my dorm like two days later. Wow. So dad just kind of left me. Um, Mom says that to this day, he was the craziest scaredest person in the world like mm-hmm. he he was he was so scared leaving me because it's a lot to leave your little girl yeah. like that yeah <laughs> yeah okay so now I want to kind of transition into talking more about the culture as a whole Filipino culture so um I think a good place to start is always with food what is your favorite Filipino dishes um and uh, after that I want to ask you about a specific food that I've heard about, but we'll start with, we'll start there. What, what are some of your favorite Filipino dishes? Um, chicken adobo, which is like a soy sauce and vinegar based sauce. Um, I love eggplant. They make this omelet with eggplant. You like grill it and then you make like, uh, you fry it with an egg. It's so good. And you dip it in fish sauce. Um, they also have like this calabasas, um, basically their pumpkin. I think they mm. sell it here like that in certain international stores, but um, I just like all the veggies and stuff. All the fish fresh from the beach. Oh, my word. There's nothing <laughs> like a fisherman caught this morning. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we've heard about the infamous balut. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Balut. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners maybe what that is and, 
do you like that or <laughs> I don't know. I've heard <laughs> it's funny because Filipinos they eat every part of you know the chicken and everything except for the bone, but pretty much every part. Um, but balut is basically an egg with a chicken in it, a baby chicken, and they boil it and they eat it and they consider it really good for brain, uh, mm. for your brain to be really good for your brain basically. And you have to eat it in the evening. So these guys will come around these vendors and they just hold on their back like these boiled eggs of chicken and they scream balut, balut, oh, everywhere wow. you go. <laughs> and as a kid, I ate it. Ooh, I wow. love that stuff. Wow. But now as an adult, it's so funny because I came to the States and I was like, I can't eat that stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you tell people what it is. Yeah, they're like, people what? People just look at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, even I think that. And I'm like, but I used to eat this stuff. Yeah, like, right. I remember eating chicken intestines. It was wow. like grilled and it was my favorite. I used to, I used to beg my dad for this stuff and now I'm like, I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> like, I know better now. <laughs> yeah. You've become Americanized in that oh way. Oh, my now. gosh. Well, how did that happen? I don't know. Yeah. I, I could eat it. I'm sure I could swallow it some way, somehow. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, like, food-related thing I've heard a lot about from the Philippines is Jollibee. Like, oh. people say that it's, like, better than fast food here in the U.S. Do you have a, a, like an opinion on Jollibee? What do you think of it? So the thing is, we lived really remote. There was no Jollibee okay, where we lived. that makes sense. So when I was in, uh, but we used to go to like these mission conferences twice a year and we would drive to the city and it was a big deal because you'd finally have McDonald's and all this other stuff, but they had everything there and Jollibee was, we used to do American stuff because we just didn't have it at all because we ate Filipino food. So I didn't really eat it a lot growing up. Honestly, mm-hmm. it just it just wasn't available. Gotcha. And when it was, it wasn't the first choice <laughs> for my parents, and that's fine. I understand. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Cool, cool. Um, so that kind of like a bit of a, a negative question and then a positive question. So first, is there anything that you kind of disliked about Filipino culture at all? Ooh, I don't know if I could answer that. <laughs> or, or, li- or living in the Philippines in general. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh-huh. That's a tricky one. I'm, I'm on the fence about that question for guests. Right. No, no, that's fine. No, it's tricky because yeah. honestly, I loved it there. Yeah. Like, there, of course, there's things you don't like, but I can't think of anything, right. you know, that I experienced really, truly negatively. I, I think it was awkward being like this white kid. Because right. where we lived, like, there were missionaries, but usually it was, like, young guys. Like, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't families with kids. That was, like, bizarre. Or there would be, like, American men who married Filipinas and would go and visit with their mixed kids. But there was never, like, blonde-haired, blue-eyed kids running around the village. That was really odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And then on the positive side, what do you love the most about Filipino culture? They're very people-oriented. And so I feel like um, – so I'm – uh, by profession and RN too. And one thing that I found through working with people who are in the dying process is at the end of the life, you realize what's important. It's really people. And I feel like Americans miss that. They worry about their career and other things and like they become lonely. But the most beautiful thing is seeing someone who's surrounded by their loved ones at the end of their life. It's just the saddest one. They're not. And I feel like Filipinos, they're just so people oriented. There's always people around. They value that. They take time with that. And they just... They just make it a priority. <laughs> make some light to stuff, but, you know, <laughs> but they got their friends. So, you know, they're living life yeah. fully. And I feel like that's something that we're um, we're just blessed to do in life. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. It is. Do you find that people were actually more content and happy over there, even though their, you know, surroundings or 
you know, not very great. Like than oh, like what you've seen over here. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's amazing how someone in a village, they all live and there were people always that were mean to other people to their mm-hmm. advantage. There's always people in every of culture. Course. And then you, you hear stories, but in general, people just kind of work together to help each other. Um, if there, I remember if, if we ever had no electricity, which happened quite a lot, everyone would go to like one house and have a candle. And we, us kids would play with a candle. Like mm-hmm. we were completely and utterly having the time of our life, putting our finger over a candle. Like don't tell my mom I did that. No, just right. kidding. But you know, we just, it was just crazy how like the things yeah. that we enjoy are just different. And like, you just stop and like literally smell the roses is what you do. And that's something that we miss sometimes here when we live in this affluent. We have to plan everything. There's no like. Yeah. Fast pace. Show up. Yeah. Work. Hustle culture. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard similar sentiments from other people who have traveled um, to, to kind of locate like their real countries like that. And it's, it seems something that's holds true because you think like, well, how would they be so happy with not with having less? But sometimes, yeah, when you have more, you realize you don't need it. So uh, another thing that we like to do on the podcast is kind of dispel stereotypes or just talk about stereotypes. And um, type Mythbusters. Yeah. Kind of oh, that's kind yeah, of we're, we're not we're not tied to that name yet, but we'll see. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but but I just think it's always interesting, you know, to kind of talk about stereotypes. I actually I don't like I try to do some research and I don't necessarily have a lot of stereotypes about the Philippines per se. Um, but one, and this kind of goes back to you mentioning that you were an RN, um, one in particular that I've seen in my, (laughs) it's true. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, one in particular (laughs) that we, um, that we've actually experienced in our own life. Cause like Alyssa said, one of her best best friends friends is a a Filipino nurse (laughs) and we know other Filipino nurses. Uh, so that is a huge stereotype about Filipinos is that they become, they all become nurses. They move to the U S and become nurses, like just go to nursing school. Yeah. So what is your take on that? Is it true? Can you give some rationale behind it? If you might happen to know, and does that have anything to do with you having become an RN as well? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, I don't know if it really has to do with why I became, I remember seeing a lot of kids like in the Philippines who were like, had open, just, you know, if you get a little cut, if you wash it and you put Neosporin on, it's good. But if you live in a third world country where you don't wash it or use dirty water, it becomes big. And if they don't have money to pay for it, then the kids are just literally hanging around crying because they have big open wounds with flies in it. This sounds oh, really wow. gross, but like this is the reality that mm-hmm. happens. I remember seeing that growing up. So I had a passion that like this stuff is easy to fix. This isn't hard. I mean, I was like in sixth grade, I came to the States for a year and I like collected like a hundred dollars from my church and I went back and bought bandages and I was like, I bandaged all the kids that had uh-huh. little boo-boos uh-huh. because those boo-boos can turn into something if you don't take care of it. So yeah. that was like my mantra. So that's how I started. I just want to be nurse. I read everything about Florence Nightingale, like mother Teresa, like they were my people, <laughs> but with the Philippines, um, with the nursing thing. So the Philippines was actually, there's actually a history behind that. So the Philippines was actually a U.S. colony, um, before World War II, um, they purchased the U.S. Uh, sorry, the Philippines from Spain. Right. So they used to help like countries get freed from the colonists, but in this case, they actually went behind the back. It was not a beautiful part of history, and they purchased it. Um, 
But anyway, and they built an infrastructure, but they have like a deep-seated relationship with the Philippines, so they speak English really well, most Filipinos. I mean, they still have like their accent and stuff, but they speak mm-hmm. English better than most other countries and stuff. And so there's been like, I think since then, they've always recruited nurses. There's always been a need, and Filipino culture is very like service-oriented. They're really good in like, just they're just very patient. They're very kind. Their per- culture is just kind of accepting. They're there to help each other that's how their culture is so they're just really good at it um but yeah some of the recruiting is not so beautiful (laughs) in true in reality some of the articles and you hear stories but honestly when you live in a starving place you're just happy to get a job it's not that bad Mm -hmm. gotcha i mean being a nurse is is an important job and in the u.s a lucrative pretty lucrative job for the most part so yeah and it tracks well with what you've been kind of like echoing throughout the interviews that Filipinos are really caring and, and people oriented and, and looking out for one another. So that, that aligns very well then with that type of uh, career. So no myth busters here. Okay. Today. So that one's that one's true. That one's true. Okay. I expected that. I mean, that, that was true. honestly like that was the main one that I had really. <laughs> oh, like I don't know if you have any more, Alyssa. Um, I'm trying to think. What is okay, so like I said, my husband went over to the Philippines and he is about six two. And he said he was towering over people. What is like the average height over Ooh. in, do you think? <laughs> I have no idea, but my dad is like 5'8", and he was definitely a giant over there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not very tall for the most part. Okay. There's always those token people, you know, that are taller, probably mixed, like maybe when the Spanish were there or whatever, who knows what, what. Yeah. I mean, can you think of any stereotypes or misunderstandings that maybe you've heard over time um, about the Philippines that you wish people would understand is like not true. Hmm, that's a hard question. I have to think about it. It's okay. It. I feel like there's something in my brain, but I, I don't. That's okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think in general, like like Americans, if they know about the Philippines, they have a pretty positive view of the Philippines. Like I, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like it's. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure what people know about the Philippines, actually. I mean, Brianna and I have not an outlier experience, but we grew up in, you know, Miami, Florida, so a lot of different cultures and things. So I don't know if, like, if I wasn't exposed to, like, a best friend who was Filipino. And I had lots of Mm -hmm. other friends in school who were Filipino, so I kind of learned about the culture that way. But, like, I don't know, like, kind of what America's overall viewpoint of. Filipinos kind of, like, wherever they go, they they just become. Yeah. They're not, like, the type of culture that goes and it, like, becomes a little village of their own. So I think that's why, like, when they come to the States, you don't really hear of, like, a stereotype besides the nurses thing, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, you know, they just kind of join in everywhere they go. They just, they almost like to copy. That sounds kind of negative, but they are their own people in that yeah. way. But they're, it's really beautiful how they do it. They're not looking like, to, like, shake things up. They're just trying no, to, like, blend in and kind of assimilate. In. Yeah, they're I got just you. just trying to, like, have a little fun here and there, you know, yeah. get a job, feed themselves, like, nothing major. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hard work, yeah. Hardworking, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I feel like, yeah, like, they, they do just kind of, like, assimilate and, yeah, really well into yeah um i mean i think those are all of our questions here do you have any more questions Alyssa? i think i'm good you're gonna make fun of me about saying that again i did a good job this time no you did a very good job you did a very good job um yeah no i I think that's about it thank you so much becca for joining us it was so amazing to hear your experience a very unique experience and uh you know you did a great job of, of really like telling us about 
all the all the things you you uh, did growing up, <laughs> things that I, I never would imagine growing up in a village in the Philippines. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for sharing your story. We really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, guys. We'd like to thank Becca for taking the time to share her story. It was fascinating to hear about her experience of growing up in the Philippines as a daughter of American missionary parents. We would like to thank you listeners for tuning in for another interview. Your support means the world to us. And if you like what you hear, we would greatly appreciate it if you helped us spread the word even further by leaving us a rating on your podcast player of choice. Thank you again and see you next time. Thank you.